What are we supposed to do with the story of Lazarus? It's really important in John's Gospel. It's the last of the seven signs. There's a whole section of John's Gospel that's called the Book of Signs, and there are seven of them, and this is the last one. It contains the fifth of the, the and the, the second to last, the fifth of the I am sayings, where Jesus speaks about himself. In this case, I am the resurrection and the life. It foreshadows Jesus' own experience of death and resurrection that the rest of the gospel will go on to tell us about. So it's really important, but it's not our experience. We don't know anything about resurrection. Regardless of how fervent we are in our prayers, the people we love die and they don't come back. And we aren't even sure what to do about things like resurrection. It's, we know a lot of science now that they didn't know then. We find it very difficult to imagine that something like this could even happen. Well, first of all, we need to know that we have to read the Gospel of John metaphorically. We have to read it as a book, if you like, a book of poetry. If you're given a poem, you don't expect to be telling you literal things to do. If I say that my love is like a red, red rose, you've got an idea what I mean, particularly if I tell you before I say it that I'm going to say a poem. You put yourself into a different set of ways of thinking than, I, than you would if I said I'm going to read to you a section of a workshop manual on how to fix your car. Sometimes we read the Bible as if it's a workshop manual. Well, it's not, and John's Gospel particularly is not. The Synoptic Gospels, that's the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they use lots of parables to open up the mystical experience that Jesus wants us to know. John's Gospel doesn't use parables, it uses these events. That's why they're so long. If you were here last week and the week before, we've got these long stories in each week. And if, if, if we're not sure that this is the way we're supposed to read the gospel, three times at least, and there's probably a few more, but three times at least, people are admonished for not reading what Jesus says in the total deep metaphoric, um, metaphorical and a mystical way. Nicodemus, who says, how can you be born again? And Jesus says, you're a teacher of Israel. You should know this is not the way to think. The woman at the well misunderstands that Jesus, when he's talking about living water, is not talking about the same water as down the well that they're sitting at. The people who ask for bread don't understand that Jesus is talking about something far broader and deeper than ordinary bread. So each, all the way through the gospel, we're reminded we have to read this thing as poetry, as metaphor. So in that sense, Lazarus is us, the human condition. We don't need to think too hard to see that that's true. We are the ones who were sick, who were dying, who were helpless. 
look at what we've done to our environment. Look at what we've done to First Nations people. That right down the street, some of you might have had trouble getting here this morning, because right down the street, our parliament in South Australia is celebrating the beginning of the first voice of First Nations people enshrined in a parliamentary act in Australia. We are the sick, the dying and the helpless. Lord, they say to Jesus, he whom you love is ill. This is our dilemma, isn't it? We know, at least those of us who are sitting here and many others, we proclaim all the time that we are loved by God. We are the family of God. And yet, we, the ones God loves, get sick, get old and die. And people we love die before they get old. We've all lost people who should still be here with us in the best of all possible worlds. And we know we're sick as an institution. The Uniting Church in South Australia is split down the middle on so many issues. And all of our churches have been paraded in the news for sexual abuse in our institutions going back generations. We know that we're loved by God, but Lord, the one you love is ill. Death is frightening and confusing. We know that. We don't need that to be told to us. And it's confusing in this story too because Jesus says, Lazarus's illness does not lead to death. Then three verses later he says, Lazarus is dead. And then he says, those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Well, they'll die, but they'll live, or they'll never die. I'm confused. But isn't that how we deal with death? We're totally confused by it. Even when we're with somebody we love who has a long dying from an illness, even then we're as prepared as we can be and they are as prepared as they can be for their own death, even then when it happens, we're thrown off, we're confused. Do you remember the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? She wrote the book on death and dying in 1969. It became an enormous bestseller from some work she had done over the years with people who were terminally ill and had no hope of, of recovery and were going to die. She saw in that that there were five, what she thought were five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. These have been critiqued a lot in the years since. Uh, some people have said that they're not actually stages of grief as if we go through each one in some sort of regimented fashion. They're more like states that we come in and out of, if they're there at all. And most of us who've experienced grief experience some of these things some of the time. And they seem to be here in this story. This story is about ordinary people trying to deal with something that they don't understand and they don't want to accept. There's anger. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There's bargaining or denial. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Maybe even depression. Because the story says that Martha goes out to meet Jesus and Mary stays home. What do you do when you're depressed? 
You stay inwards. You go into yourself. I reckon with a bit of pushing, you can find each of Kubler-Ross's stages of grief in this story. I want to go home and have a look at it. Even if you're not sure whether that work still stands up. As I say, it's had a lot of criticism over the years. There's one more thing to say. After this, straight after this, we hear about the plot to kill Jesus. From this day on, they plan to put him to death. Why does Lazarus coming back to life prompt the killing of Jesus? It's because of the Ezekiel reading, the one that we had read to us this morning from Jill. In the Ezekiel reading, there's this enormous dream about a valley of dry bones coming back to life again. What it is, is a coded message about the people of Israel standing up and liberating themselves from the empire of the Babylonians. When I open your graves, it says, when I liberate you from Babylon, no wonder the authorities wanted to do Jesus down because they understood the metaphor of Lazarus that it was about the liberation of the people. No wonder one person, as the text says, had to die for all the people. We've got to put this down because once it starts, it never stops. And of course it doesn't. 40 years later, there is an enormous insurrection. There is an enormous rebellion and the Romans put it down so brutally that Jerusalem as a city is destroyed and the diaspora of the Jews, the Jews scattered across the world right through to pretty much 1948. Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He was angry. What was he angry about? He was angry that the world, the way it is supposed to be, the world that God made at the beginning, the world that God made into a garden, a garden so glorious that people would walk around and live in it and God, God's self, would walk in it, it says in Genesis chapter 3, in the cool of the evening. There would be no, that, that there shouldn't be this canker of death coming into the world. That's not the way the world should be. This division between our bodies and what we call our souls, between our minds and our hearts, that break that we have all within us, that Paul in Romans talks about doing the things I don't want to do, but I still do. What is wrong with me? Paul says. This is a metaphor of a changed world, of a world where death and destruction that we live with all the time, in fact, we generate within ourselves. I drive an enormous chunk of steel at an incredibly fast pace along a road with hundreds of other people doing exactly the same thing. We destroy ourselves all the time. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. He is calling all of creation, all of the goodness that God made out of death out of the spiral of death. 
He's calling for liberation. That's why they have to put him down. He's inviting us to live fresh new lives. The resurrection, and we're going to be banging on about this all through the Easter period, resurrection is not a story about something that happened a long time ago. Yes, it is. And you may or may not find it easy or difficult to believe that an individual was brought back to life. That's for a, a, a different discussion. It's an important discussion, but it's a different one. What resurrection is telling us in this story is that new life never, never gets killed. It always comes new. And regardless of how down, depressed, controlled, uncertain, broken we so often are, new life will have its way. It will happen. Because Lazarus didn't resurrect himself. He was called into new life to live in the light that Jesus calls himself, the light of the world, the light of the world, the way it was designed to be. God said at the beginning, let there be light. Let there be the world the way it's supposed to be. And I don't know what you're going to do for the rest of this day. I know some of us are going to be here for our AGM and that's really important. And we're going to have lunch together. And if you can be here for that, that's wonderful. But some of us are going to face some really hard things before the sun goes down tonight. Some of us are going to feel great and then terrible 10 minutes later. Some of us are going to feel full of joy and then full of despair because that's what it is to be human. But resurrection is the story that life keeps coming, keeps having its way. Jesus said to Lazarus, come out. And he did.